Hello and welcome to Christian with Two A's. On today's episode, my guest is Paul Weaver. Paul is a local photographer, videographer, and content creator based in Minneapolis. And I actually first saw his work on the Explore page a while back and obviously was really impressed by it. But it wasn't until I saw that he did a photo shoot with my very good friend Moise that you know, I was interested to have a conversation with him because I, I took a closer look at some of his pictures and I looked at his website and I was just so impressed with some of the pictures that he's been able to take and some of the brands that he's been able to represent. So it was really cool to sit down and chat with him because doing something in a creative capacity, whether it's photography, whether it's, you know, a podcast, whether it's music, I just like to see people's thought process that goes into it all. So like I said, it was an extremely fun interview to do, and Paul could not have been a better person and just super, super nice guy. So quick plug for Paul, check out his website at paulwashere.com. You can also see some of his pictures on Instagram at paulwheatfins. So like I said, unbelievable experience sitting down with him, and I hope you guys enjoy it. this workshop that you had going on so you previously mentioned it like right before we started recording but I kind of want to I kind of want to expand on it a little bit so what was what was kind of the point of it yeah so I, I started photography when I was I guess shooting photography when I was 15 I'm 25 now oh wow and you're taking away questions I was gonna ask that <laughs> it's kind of crazy because I started doing the workshops because this year I kind of sat down and said okay what are some things that I'm like fearful of and one was speaking on photography in front of a group of people. Right. So I said, you know, why not launch a series of workshops? And um, it's been really cool to see that, you know, people are signing up for these workshops and it's a really cool collaborative way of learning. No, definitely. And how's the turnout? Uh, so we, we, we're capping them at uh, around eight to 10 people um, okay. just because we really want the hands on learning right. to happen. So we've been getting anywhere from, um, eight to ten, so we're like cap- we capped out the last two workshops, which is pretty awesome. And that makes it a lot more intimate too. You know, you can kind of sit down and examine each individual person, and you know, kind of examine what they're doing instead of having it be so broad and be like, "All right, so this is what we're gonna do here. <laughs> everyone, totally. everyone, take their best picture, or whatever yeah. it may be." Yeah, it's been really cool just to see where people are at too. I feel like a lot of us, there's a lot of people out there that own a camera but just don't know how to use it. Definitely. So I said, okay, well, what if um, me and my business partners, we own a media company here in the North Loop, we said, how, how about we have these people come into our office where we te- teach these workshops and we're really able to show them how to use their camera so then maybe in the near future they could even be on our team. So, Yeah, and kind of going backwards, back to when you're 15, what were you shooting? Like, What was kind of the inspiration that yeah. led you to to where you are now, obviously there was a lot of steps in between. Totally. Yeah, it was um, picking up my dad's camera when I was 15 and it was a Canon T2i, which is like a really basic Canon. Uh, so like you get it if you're starting out. And I would essentially just take it on the weekends and go to concerts with my friends and take pictures from the crowd. 
And what I found was um, I was able to teach myself the settings through just going out and shooting. Um, so 15, grab my dad's camera. Every weekend, my parents would drop me off at concerts. And I would just shoot as many pictures as I could for the artist. And um, I would send them those photos. And then they would give me feedback. And it's funny, now looking back at it, the photos I took were pretty bad. <laughs> but I really was able to get a good grasp on how to operate my DSLR right. through that. So. Well, yeah, and it's just like anything else. Like, we were just talking about baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, any, like just like sports. And when I've been doing this, obviously you've been doing it for 10 years, you're going to look back on what you did when you were just starting and be like, oh, totally. yeah, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But uh, I, I totally agree. And with you going to concerts, I actually was checking out some of your, some of your work on your portfolio. Yeah. And you, had a, you shot for Chance at a yeah, concert. totally. And Odd Future, in, including Tyler. Yeah, which, that was in Wisconsin. That was fun. So kind of take me back to, first off, I'm... Massive Chance fan, so yeah. I, I want to hear some details. <laughs> so on a, back to when I was 15, what I found was it was cool taking photos from the crowd, but I was so intrigued by just the fact that these artists, they hop on stage, they perform, and then they kind of you know go back to the green room. So what I did is I got smarter, and I not only took photos from the crowd, but I also would sneak backstage, or I would reach out to the artists that were opening mm-hmm. just to make just so I could get backstage access. So I was building a portfolio of all this content that essentially was content that no one else in the crowd could take because I was shooting backstage. Wow. So around the time of like MySpace and early Facebook days, I was releasing <laughs> this content, Twitter too, Yeah. where there were like photos of like these artists getting ready before the show. And I took those photos and then put them in a portfolio and then I sent it out to all the artists that I really enjoyed um, listening to. One was Chance, and I hit him right before his Family Matters tour, and he happened to be working with um, an opening act that I was a big fan of as well. So I essentially reached out, found out they were going to be in Chicago, um, you know, a couple weekends out, and I got all my schoolwork done because at the time I was at the U of M studying economics. And flew out. Hey, economics. Heck yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Supply and demand. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's how Chance kind of worked out. And it was a one-show thing. Um, But it was cool to create content for him that he could use on his website and for just the tour promo. Right. And plus, you got to see Chance perform live. Exactly. Which is kind of a treat in itself. Oh, it was great. Yeah. And uh, did you kind of get a chance to talk to him after or beforehand? Yeah. So with him, I wasn't able to talk to him. Um, but the thing was, is it was just incredible to work with his team that, you know, kind of middlemaned our communication. Um, because I mean, all the people that are on his team are from Chicago originally. Yep. So all his homies from high school to college to, you know, the kids that he grew up on the same street as. Yeah. So I worked with them closely on that show, which was super awesome. Um, I still have yet to like actually meet Chance. Well, yeah. Someday. That, no, yeah, someday. <laughs> That's pretty, like, just the fact that you had that up and close and personal of, uh, perspective on the show. Yeah. It's pretty amazing within itself. Yeah. And I think it's kind of funny how you mentioned going back to when you first started that, like, MySpace. Yeah. Was what it, it was still relevant. Totally. And to kind of fast forward to, you know, like 10 years later. Yeah. 
social media has kind of allowed you such a wide platform and like obviously everyone else too but mm-hmm. what kind of what kind of role has social media played in kind of your broadening broadening your work yeah more so than anything totally yeah it's so interesting because twitter is the platform that i originally really invested a lot of time on through like you know probably starting in senior year of high school throughout college i really was like focused on building my twitter page because what I found was a lot of the music artists that I was working with, their fans were living on Twitter. Instagram wasn't as hot then. Yep. So I was able to grow like this following of like 25,000 followers on Twitter within like a year and a half just by working with some credible musicians. Wow. And when Instagram popped up, the transition was weird because people, you know, are now using Twitter for more news, um, less content. Right. And Instagram is where content's living, where there are a whole lot more content creators now than there were when Twitter was a thing. Yeah. So I'm finding that, um, you know, it's played a huge role in, you know, getting clients, being a photographer, being a content creator, a marketing guy. Um, and it's really helped me get the clients that I have today, for sure. Oh, definitely. And, you know, one thing that I, obviously, I did did a comb through of your Instagram mm-hmm. and your website before I did this. Yeah. And, some of the pictures that you have on there, like I can understand how you could get clients with that because <laughs> there's some unbelievable pictures. Like for instance, it's uh, you and your wife yeah. in Santorini. That's one of the most gorgeous pictures I've ever was seen. Was it a Amalfi? Uh, or a Kauai? Yeah, I think it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe I think it was Kauai. Okay, but yeah, and it was just it's that view alone, like. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it helps obviously when you have like a backdrop like that. <laughs> but just the different places that you've that you've been able to travel to and been able to take pictures of and capture the moment of it. Mm-hmm. How big is kind of traveling within your within your field for you to be able to do what you do? Yeah, yeah, that's good. I think right when I started um, really pursuing photography, you know, I. Th- I was in the wrong head, kind of in the wrong headspace where I thought you go, you know, you go on a trip as a photographer, you take a lot of beautiful photos and you're instantly going to get all these followers on social media, which is going to help you get clients. And it's, it didn't work out like that. I found that by going on these trips, I could be inspired where when, then I come home and I'm really able to, you know, come up with better ideas and I'm able to bring that um, stuff that I was inspired by into right. my work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it plays a huge role. And I mean, I tr- we try to travel, we try to travel quite a bit just because first of all, it's fun to capture content while you're traveling, but also it's just, there's so much inspiration all around the world. Right. And plus it's really fun to travel. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. So I, and to go back on your point with that, I went to Spain and France and That's then amazing. Amsterdam at the beginning of May. Yep. And when I first started off, I was like, oh, I'm going to get so many pictures. And the first two days, I was just going apeshit, just take, <laughs> taking pictures of everything that I can. Just random pictures, yeah. Yeah, and then fast forward, you know, two weeks later when I'm in Amsterdam, and I was like, oh, shit, I haven't taken any pictures for my family. Like, yeah. I, you know, because that's also a point. I'm not a photographer, but I yep. was trying to take good pictures like totally. everyone else. And I... I kind of realized at that point, I was like, yeah, I think, and that goes back to your point, you're kind of living the experience before 
before you take the pictures. Totally. And then when you kind of can come back to it, you're like, yeah, oh, I remember this, how beautiful it is. I got to take a picture good. of it. Totally. Yeah, I think a lot of the times we get so caught up in, I mean, social media is so relevant right now in our t- time and the digital space is always growing where we see things on social media and it kind of um, gives us this idea of, oh, this is what it's going to look like when we go on this trip. So when, when, you know, like you said, whenever we go on these trips, we're like, oh, we're going to capture all this beautiful content. But really, it's like, it never ends up being that way. Yeah, exactly. And me and my friends, it was the same way. I had a friend who, he saw a picture of the Eiffel Tower yeah. with in the backdrop of a, of a basketball park. <laughs> and he was so determined to find this basketball park. And he wanted to get this picture so bad. That's good. And... And some of the best pictures that I ended up taking were just candid, like, oh, that's a, that's pretty beautiful right, right there, or whatever it may be. Like, yeah. the, my favorite picture of the whole trip was I was on a ferry in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. and you just see the backdrop of it, and the sun was coming <laughs> down, and I was like, you know, I didn't think that I was going to take that picture. Totally. It ended up being my favorite one. So that's it's awesome. Kinda how, it's kind of how it ends up. That's but, sweet. I wanted to ask you, and this is probably going to be like picking one of your own kids, mm-hmm. but... What's your favorite picture that you've been able to take? Mm-hmm. And then expanding on that, what's the dream shot? Like, what's the shot that you want to get before you die? Mm-hmm. And then if there's one event that you could that you could kind of be a videographer for or a photographer for, yeah, what would you choose? I'll, that's if you really want me to good. ask that in No, segments. that's great. So my favorite photo I've ever taken... Um, one of the first shows I ever shot was a Macklemore show. And it was at a time when I was using my dad's camera, so I really didn't know what I was doing. And looking back at it, it's one of the photos where I'm like, wow, how did I even take that? <laughs> and it just happened to be at a time where I didn't know what ISO, shutter speed, aperture, or any of the settings on my camera were. So it's kind of cool to look back at that and be like, wow, that's a photo that was used um, all over the web, like... You know, record labels were using it. It was used for uh, Macklemore's tour promo. So it's cool just to look back at that and be like, wow, that photo that this 15-year-old kid had no idea what he was doing um, captured. Right. So that's probably one of my favorite photos. And that and the, the coolest thing about a picture, or and it's kind of the similar in, with music, mm-hmm. is that you can look back on it and think, what, what was I like at that time? Totally. What was my life like compared to now? And it's just the nostalgia of it. Like you said, it's probably not your best picture that you've taken, yeah. but your favorite because it's symbolic to you. That's good. Yeah. 100%. And then, so what's the dream shot? Yeah, the dream shot. So one thing I've always wanted to do is like, so for music, I kind of transitioned into doing more like brand product stuff. Okay. And then I worked at an agency for a year where we were focused specifically on like fashion, editorial, and commercial work. And now I'm just really, ins- I'm still really inspired by, you know, music and fashion. And I feel like shooting New York Fashion Week or shooting Fashion Week in London would be like my next, you know, that big you- accomplishment if I could ever get there, you know? Right. No, so that's, I mean, it's not that I, I'm doubting myself, but like if that could happen, I'd be like, dang. <laughs> you know <laughs> and I mean? then you kind of look back and you're like, wow, I'm yeah. here. Yeah, you know, totally. Like, yeah. Like Paris Fashion Week, that... And is that kind of like the is that kind of like the Super Bowl for photographers essentially, or is or yeah. I guess it kind of depends on totally on, on what you're doing. Yeah, I would say for someone who's really trying to get into like working with some higher end editorial 
commercial work in the fashion industry. I'd say like if you're capturing or shooting or even at uh, Fashion Week Paris or New York, um, there's a good chance that you're getting represented by a pretty big designer. Right. And for me, that's exciting because, you know, I'm working with some brands right now that are fun to work with. They're, you know, fashion brands. Yeah. But to work with like some of these big, big, big brands would be super cool. Yeah, definitely. And hey, so I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with the dream event then. Yeah. But I mean, there's obviously certain things like for me personally, because I'm, I'm like a kind of a sports nut in a lot yeah. of different aspects. Totally. So kind of being like under the hoop at an NBA finals game. Oh, that'd be sweet. That yeah. would be my, that would be my dream or like on the sidelines to kind of catch, like if you think about like Dwight Clark's catch, yep. like that picture. Totally. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. Or like Michael Jordan after he hits the shot against uh, the, the Cavs in 1989 yeah. where, he, where he's jumping up, he's doing the... Yeah, he door. shot that on this guy named Craig Elo even. I remember that. Yeah. I, yeah. Remember, I remember seeing the video, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it was on Craig Elo. That's exactly the one. Yeah. And just the moments that are able to be captured. Like, think about, like, totally. Antonio Holmes catching catching the ball against the Cardinals yeah. in the Super Bowl. Like, just, like, That's seeing good. those because it takes you back. Like, I, like we talked about, it takes you yeah. back to that moment where you're like, holy shit. Yeah, and you're there again. It's 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 pretty wild. Yeah, no, that's so. See, that's the thing that's cool is like growing up really in, like into sports, and like as a photographer, it's just like there's so many different angles you can go with it. Where I've really had to like narrow down what I want to capture. Um, and originally, I was at Twins games taking photos. You know what I mean from like right. the outfield and like yeah. from for batting practice. But I would say like for me, event wise. It would be more of just working with a specific person. Okay. Um, and it would be working with, um, honestly, like someone like Kanye or someone like Beyonce. Right. Because I just am so intrigued by not only are they good at music, um, but they're really interested in fashion. They're really interested in building culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being able to pick their brain while also working with them on like a shoot, whether it's like a cover shoot or for a shoot for like their, their upcoming album. Mm-hmm. I think that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I, that, that's interesting that you'd say that more so than like an actual event just because it's all about your own taste. Yeah. And because there's like, a, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of photographers out there. Totally. I would guarantee almost each and every <laughs> one of them would have a different response to it. Exactly. So I think that's really cool. And yeah. I think there's a part of intimacy too that I really enjoy, like a one-on-one. Yeah, you get that um, relationship. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm an extreme extro like extreme extrovert, where like shooting a concert and not being able to talk to anyone and just you know capturing maybe it's like the Super Bowl would be fun, but like if I could have a conversation with like someone like you know Kanye or Beyonce, yeah. that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, to meet to meet one of your heroes. Would, yeah, would, maybe, it, maybe Beyonce's gonna listen to this. I don't yeah, know. yeah, definitely. If she does, <laughs> I am wildly successful. I this is blown up way faster amazing. than I ever would imagine. Yes. <laughs> no, but I, I agree, like, you know, someone someone who that I think would be really cool to capture who doesn't get a lot of like he doesn't give it out very often would be someone like Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. And that's actually he's I mean, it's that's never amazing. gonna happen, but that's like my dream podcast. Yeah. And that's I think it's similar in a in the in a in a way. Yep. Like I'm not taking pictures or anything, but you're not just taking pictures as a photographer. You're talking to them. You're getting yep. them to get to react certain ways. Totally. And I think 
I think that's part of the why I love it too, just to be able to pick their brains, be able to talk about it. Because yeah. like you said, you're I'm an extrovert too. I mean, obviously <laughs> I wouldn't be doing this if, totally. I, if I weren't. But I, yeah, I would. That's some the the intimacy of it is something that I really enjoy getting different people's perspectives in, like. As a photographer, you can capture so many different sides of someone Mm -hmm. and they don't even know it. You know what I mean? That's so good. Yeah, that's cool. So what's like your ultimate goal with all this? Yep. So my ultimate goal would be, and that's like probably the toughest question and I love it. Um, So my goal would be is to, right now my goal would be to be a creative director. Okay. and right now I own a media company in the North Loop and I am kind of doing that on a smaller scale. But I would love to eventually, you know, creative direct something like the Colin Kaepernick commercial. Oh, yeah. Where I'm not the one necessarily shooting it, but I'm kind of the brains or the ideator behind the whole thing. Um, you know, and I think when I hit a point where I'm able to work with some big brands like that yeah. and kind of have that... Um, position where I'm like, Hey, I'm the decision maker and I have this incredible team under me that can make this idea come to life. Um, that's going to help disrupt culture in a way that's going to actually help us progress. Right. That would be my goal. And that, that Colin Kaepernick commercial is just amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. And (laughs) like, you know, anyone, what's funny is that, (laughs) that Nike, increase their sales from that and so many people are so critical of it and like totally. know, the people cutting off their nike socks or burning them it's like all right well <laughs> you're lost but like the way they captured the idea of that more so than anything else mm-hmm. was breathtaking seriously mm-hmm. like that like yeah. i don't use that i don't use that adjective very often yeah, you know what i mean totally. but that was and so for you to say that like mm-hmm. and to be honest that's a quasi dream of mine as well to kind of be able to direct a vision of mine and have it come to life. That's cool. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Where yeah. you see something in your head, like right now I've been thinking about kind of a, a kind of a horror movie idea. Mm-hmm. It like mixed in with like a comedy genre. That's amazing. And just for me to be able like, you know, there's going to be a lot of hard work that's involved with it. And like, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not putting it out there that it started or anything, but <laughs> I just have an idea and like for it to come to fruition and actually be, complete is such a cool concept to me so like for you to say that i i totally understand that's awesome yeah and i think there's always like you know it's funny because a dream of mine outside of photography if uh you know if i ever go up like shooting photos and if the creative director idea doesn't work out ever since i was little i've always wanted to be a sports broadcaster yeah and like man i to this day like i always send my buddies voice memos of me like announcing and I'll go to twins games, Turnbulls games, sporting events, like, and I'll announce from the stands is like a joke. Yeah. But I would say like, I really, really enjoy, um, live broadcasting. It's weird, but I love it. And it helps for my workshops. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Just talking to people helps totally and hearing what they have to say about it. Cause yeah, you know, if everyone kisses your ass and says, Oh yeah, this is perfect. You're never going to get any growth from it. No. So, you know, the fact that you do, that you are able to broadcast during mid game, that's actually really cool. And then that helps with your broadcast, with your workshops. So to sum it up, I would say dream job position would be, 
Part-time creative director, part-time sports broadcaster. Okay. Be amazing. Well, I I think you could do both <laughs> if anyone can. Yeah. So, what do you intrinsically get from doing this? Yeah. You know what I mean? When and I know that's a that's a pretty loaded mm-hmm. question, so answer it however you feel comfortable mm-hmm. with. But there's a certain thing that you get from doing something creative, mm-hmm. doing something that you really love. Mm-hmm. When you were 15 years old, mm-hmm. you weren't like, oh, I want to be the content director of Nike. Like, I'm just taking this picture because it's something that gives me pleasure. So yeah. kind of, I mean, if you want to touch on that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's really good. Because I think it's shifted over time. But um, my big thing is is what fuels me through photography and like just through what I do is uh, the people that I get to meet, uh, whether it's working on like a national brand shoot for a kid's brand where I'm working with like kid talent or if I'm working with, you know, a sports, maybe a sports shoot, fitness shoot where I'm working with a cast of people that are in their 30s. It's like I love being able to hear their stories um, through the opportunity of being able to work with them. Yeah. And that's what really excites me. And yeah, I think that's like the biggest thing is I love hearing the stories that come from the people that I get to work with. Definitely. That's well said. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's so much stuff that is shot every year and so many so many brands have so many different shoots. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to know that photographers don't just like, oh, well, this is, this is my job. And I'm sure there are people who yeah. do that. And I'm sure that's what separates mm-hmm. the good and the bad. But speaking of the great photographers Mm -hmm. and this is what i really wanted to ask Mm -hmm. national geographic Mm -hmm. photographers yeah is that the most like impressive photography to you because i've seen some behind the scenes of the of them in costumes them in disguises as bushes or as like a giant duck you know what i mean so is that like is that like the creme de la creme yeah that's so good yeah i think like national geographic What's so cool about them is they kind of like own the whole landscape and they also own like the whole um, like documentary industry of photography. Um, it's funny, my mom actually, when she was starting off in college, she worked for National Geographic. Oh, wow. And she was a writer. And so that just put this kind of stamp in my head that National Geographic's like this old school photography magazine, you mm-hmm. know? But I would say like they're like, they own landscape. Uh, they own like land, yeah, landscape, but also like you know animals and all that type of stuff. But I think what I am so inspired by today are the people that aren't working for National Geographic, but are consistently putting out content on their social media pages, right? And are putting out content that doesn't look like anyone else's. That's very unique. Yeah. So I would say like National Geographic definitely takes the crown when it comes to like, you know, that incredible cover shop of like a penguin, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. I can uh, see it in my head. Yeah. It's like, like the guys that shoot for Na- National Geographic are incredibly talented. And I mean, they like camp out in the Antarctica just to get a shot. Right. Where, I mean, you really have to be crazy. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think that perfectly describes it. But yeah. at a certain point the great people who are great at their jobs have to be a little crazy in, totally. in one way or another. And some of those, some of those photos that are taken in the Sahara or in the Arctic, yeah, they really, 
it's almost like they're not real. Totally. You know what I mean? And where you kind of see them, where do you see them? And you're like, who would ever, how did they get that shot? Like, yeah. you know, you see a lion, like a lion's roar yeah. right up, right up and close. And it's yeah. pretty amazing. Totally. Yeah. It's probably one of the most, you know, one of my favorite Instagram pages to follow. Yeah. And I, especially now that they're producing a whole lot of video content as well. Which is cool to see because before they were just, you know, your like physical magazine publication. Right. Um, you're really able to see the behind the scenes, which puts it into perspective how intense like these landscapes are that they're shooting in, which is super cool to see, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, kind of circling back to when we talked about social media being used as a way to kind of spread your content out a lot wider. Mm hmm. A company like National Geographic, like you said, they're known for their magazine. Mm-hmm. You know, every time I'd ever go to the library when I was in when I was in elementary school, totally. like I, would, I would always read one of their magazines. Yeah. But the fact that they've shifted shows what kind of company they are, what mm-hmm. kind of brand they want to represent. Because if you if you're gonna be st- stuck making magazines, like you're not making it, you're no. you're going bankrupt pretty you're soon. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like think about paper publication. So kind of. The digital media age, it's kind of taking away writing and kind of, like you said, the t- it, like Twitter is less mm-hmm. of a less of an outlet now, and Instagram is more of a content provider. Totally, you know what I mean. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting the way that's always been shifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's cool because I mean, you're we're finding now that you can really tell a story through a photo or through a video, and like video is much more progressive now than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've, you know, my media companies were doing every single day, if not every, you know, every other day, just because brands are trying to figure out, okay, how do I tell a story in 15 seconds or less? Right. And it's cool to see brands like National Geographic adapt to like the progressive digital space run. Cause it, I mean, if they didn't live on Instagram or social media, it'd be like having a clothing company and not having a website. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. And I've you're you hit it right on the head like that's the perfect the perfect way to describe it and um yeah I I can't even I can't really say much <laughs> with that you're, you're right like if if you're not adapting to certain things and with people's attention spans being the way that is short as they are now like you mm-hmm. said how can I capture this in 15 seconds right yeah how can I get someone to watch this ad for 60 seconds totally. you have like like you said the nike campaign ad that, that was, was one crazy. where it's like you need to watch this you, yeah. you that you tell your friends hey did you see the new nike commercial totally but and i think that's why you know someone like you is expand like you know i hope for mm-hmm. the best i hope you expand yeah, yeah. but because you think like that you, mm-hmm. And I think you kind of you kind of brought it up when we when I first got here, you know, kind of like the millennial way that we think a yeah. lot. And obviously, a lot of adults and shit give us give us crap for it. Yeah. But we <laughs> do think in a different way, in like a more expansive way, in my in my opinion. And we think about how people are going to view things because we have the perspective on it. And one of the things that I thought of when I started this, because. I work at a desk. I work at a desk, and I mm-hmm. get to listen to a lot of podcasts. And yeah. I would just think, "Wow, we my age group is not being represented by this." And mm-hmm. there would be these forty-five-year-old men talking about talking about things that are happening in my life, and I'm like, "That's not how it goes. That's not totally. how people act." Yeah, 
yeah, I, that's just yeah. No, it's crazy because I mean, it, what you're saying is relevant even in the um, we're talking about like Instagram, Twitter, Amazon, and all that type of stuff. It's like it's no different than the workplace right now, where more than ever people are going freelance, and more than ever, you know, these big companies are hiring younger people to come represent their company because of you know it's in our blood, right? It's like we have this DNA in us that is um, something that no, really no other generation above us has because, I mean, we grew up with all these social platforms that are now popping up. Yeah. I mean, there's pros and cons to it because, I mean, we're definitely spending too much time on our phones still. Yeah. But, I mean, we're really able to control through media um, just how to tell a story and how to build conversation. Right, and... You know, we, I think, I feel like our people our age kind of got the last of both ends of it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Because we did get the magazines in the library. We did read newspapers as as homework or whatever it may be. We did, we did play outside. We didn't have iPads, but then we got to a point where, and then there was kind of like that weird transition era of like AIM and all that. Totally. And now we've kind of, it's come to what it has become now Mm -hmm. and i'm just kind of glad that we got a perspective of what it was like before so we can also but we appreciate what we have because it's not we're not like oh god social media is ruining people's lives because i don't think it is i mean i think it's definitely has its down has its downsides with you know people comparing themselves to other people but i mean it also brings people from India to someone from crazy. someone from anywhere yeah. else in the world. It's like the way that people connect right now. It's yeah. It really comes down to just how you utilize it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so one one other question that I kinda wanted to talk about was with like Paris Fashion Week and stuff and with New York Fashion Week and just the big events like that mm-hmm. and the all the eyes on the people. It's pretty it's pretty crazy how wild the outside world is for for this for this one event. And like you said, you like as a photographer you like it to be a little more intimate. Mm-hmm. So with such a surrounding cast, do you think it there's difficulty within that? Yeah, I think that's good. I would see it more, you know, a lot of people there, a lot of cameras, a lot of noise. Um, but also, it's like, how do you stand out against the noise, right? Yeah. So it's like, I think every photographer has their own unique creative eye. So it would be, you know, trying to figure out how I can use that to my advantage. Um, there are, like, specific models and stuff that, you know, you see on social media and stuff where they show up and there's a thousand photographers on them taking photos. Right. Where my perspective on, you know, if I got to New York Fashion Week or Paris Fashion Week would be working with a specific brand where I'm working with their designers closely, working with the models closely, figuring out how to capture the vision of the designer. So that's like that intimacy and that's that one-on-one that I really would love to have. Right. And I I follow a few photographers on uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. How, do you know who Adam DeGrasse is? Yeah. Yeah, he's he, sure. yeah he's he's from Minneapolis. Yeah, do you know him? He's crushing it. No, so I know people that are you know mutual friends with him. Right. He's really but he's, he's Post really Malone's good. like yeah, 
number one guy. So is, yeah. would that be something that you'd be interested in at any point? Or were you more, like you said, your yeah. long-term goal is to kind of more yeah. direct content. But, you I know, if say, you could go on tour with someone. Yeah. So tour, the tour question is interesting because, I mean, I went on a U.S. tour um, in college and we did like a 30-city tour. And I went with this artist named Soma. Okay. He's an R&B singer. And he's with Republic Records. And it's not that I didn't enjoy the tour. It's just I realized at the end that it wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, but I do know a lot of photographers that are in the industry that I'm, you know, friends with who tour literally every single month or every single season. Right. And I talk with them. And, like, my buddy Jeremiah actually is a tour videographer, photographer for the Chainsmokers out in California. Oh, sure. And it's like... He loves it. I mean, he's able to work with all these incredible people. And don't get me wrong, if they hit me up, I'd be like, I'm going to go on tour with these guys. <laughs> but for me, I mean, just got married in November. Um, I'm trying to create, you know, I'm trying to set the stage for something where I don't necessarily need to always be traveling yeah. or always on the road. Right. So as much as I'm like, hey, you know, it's cool to go on tour and shoot with an artist one-on-one, -on -one, I'd love to do something that's a bit more stable. Yeah, definitely. And in an industry that is very unstable, it's kind of, it, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. there's one week you could be... You never know who you're going to work with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I always I always wonder how someone like, someone like Post Malone or someone who's on tour like Migos with, with Drake right now. Yeah. Like how they can have like any type of relationship you know what i mean like totally. they, they're just going city to city and it's like they don't really have a home base yeah so i mean yeah this it's a grind is, it is a grind and <laughs> i mean obviously it's worth it yeah yeah i mean i met, I met people that work closely with like but like this guy right now i'm friends with he works with the weekend it's like they're working with these art like my i have a buddy too that just got off tour um he was on the jay-z and beyonce tour oh wow and i met him because he was at our Iowa show and I was touring with Soma and we became good friends. And I mean, you can, you can look him up on Instagram. His name is Ben Hegarty okay. and incredible guy, incredible work. And he's got energy for it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's amazing. You got to yeah. have the energy too, because I'd be, I'd be, yeah. well, I'd be using my camera as a pillow at like the, Oh my God. I mean? I mean, and that's the life is like, you got to, I mean, it's, it's how you look at it. Yeah. Like if you're going on tour, you're not you're not sleeping that much. Yeah, and, and plus you're also not waking up at eight a.m. No. Like, yeah. Probably a few hours later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're sleeping through the night for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. You're waking up at like in the in the p.m. <laughs> that most definitely. Oh man. So, just kind of, with, the influx of photography and kind of. Where so like we like we said, there's anyone can post the pictures. Do you as a photographer who's kind of was raised in that era, mm -hmm. I don't think I don't see how anyone could see view it as a bad thing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if you can put something out there, you should if it's if it's sweet, people yeah. are gonna check it out. Like if you totally. build it, they will come. You know? Yeah. Not to quote to quote Field of Dreams. No, but. that's good. Yeah, I feel like for me personally, it's been a huge thing just to make sure I'm right in the he right headspace to be able to continue to create content consistently. Because again, photography is a very saturated market when you look at it. Yeah. 
with Instagram being a thing and um, YouTube's huge. So it's like, how do you, how are you different from other people? Yeah. So by, you know, I, I'm always looking at musicians as a good example of this. Like, I mean, when a musician releases a really killer album, they're not talking about, you know, oh, I'm going to produce this album someday. They're, they're in the studio all night, every night, pumping this thing out. Yep. Where that's when I find my work being like the best quality and I'm the most proud of my work is when I put in the time behind the scenes. Right. So then when I can create work for the client or when I hand off the client work, um, I'm really able to see good results from it. Right. And you said that you were, you're an econ major in college and stuff. So did you have like kind of more in your field job after you graduated or did you kind of go straight into what you're doing now? Yeah. So in college, I tried doing internships in like the supply, you know, supply chain industry, if you will. Um, and it just, I hated sitting at a desk to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm not that fond of it myself. (laughs) And honestly, like when I wasn't at work or this internship, I was shooting. So, um, what I did is I literally went into the entrepreneurship department at the U of M, started an agency, a media company, like an LLC and just started working with brands. And I got so excited and passionate about that, that I was able to then use that to work at an agency in town. Okay. So, I mean, I've always been in the world of like media, uh, whether I was working that internship at, you know, a supply chain company or, you know, at the media company down the street. So yeah, it's always been something that regardless of my kind of, you know, degree, I've been able to use economics for, you know, financials, how to invoice, um, you know, being able to relate with certain clients that I am working with that are in the e-commerce kind of yeah. Um, industry. Yeah, I was going to say supply that. Supply and demand is huge. I mean, not, not only supply and demand, but like just econo- economics in general. I'm in your same boat, man. Like I'm not huge on the, on, on the desk work. Mm-hmm. I, I want to get out there. So honestly, I think your kind of story is really inspirational to someone like me. Cool. And that, you know, hopefully to anyone who listens that uh, th- that can also help them out to know that it's not too late and you can kind of do certain things on your own. Cause like I've been discouraged cause I kind of want to yeah. make the transition. Like we were kind of talking about it before we started recording. Yeah. And yeah, it's just one of those things where there's in, there's so many alternative ways to do things nowadays. Like, you can start your own page mm-hmm. and then you can work it up from there and then you can show show up straight away and be like, yeah, well, I did this, I did that. And mm-hmm. it's pretty sweet. So yeah. I just wanted to compliment you on that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's something too that when people ask me out for coffee to pick my brain on like entrepreneurship or what is it like owning your own media company? It's like it's not pretty. Oh, yeah. Uh, it takes a lot of risk and you got to grind. But it's the same thing as a nine to five job. Right. Um, except, you know, you kind of have the security blanket, if you will. So it's like one thing I do tell people is entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. Um, and also, like, it's got to be in your blood or you got to be thinking like, OK, it's the time to take risk. I'm young. Or if you're older and you're like, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur, do it. Like, you know, because if you fail right. or if you like decide you don't like it, you can always go and get a job somewhere else. Right. And which I, I th- think is so cool. I think that kind of taking that leap yeah. is 
that takes a lot to do. It's not something that many people are, you know, a lot of people are content with just a nine to five steady paycheck every two weeks. Yeah. But uh, there's so much more in like, it's, it's a scary world out there. Yeah. And it's, it's just amazing that, that it, once you kind of start risking it and once you start kind of understanding that what's the worst that can happen, like mm-hmm. I'm just going to try certain things. Like I was, I've been talking to friends, like what, what do you guys think that I, I should do to kind of get the podcast up and rolling? And yeah. they're like, well, just Try a, try a bunch, try a bunch of shit, totally. and that's all. I, and then I so so far, I mean, that's kind of what Test I've the been waters. doing. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know the future's unclear, but like you said, it's always going to be unclear, and you always kind of get that safety net. If you never do it, you're never going to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's good, Paul. I can't thank you enough, man, for coming on. I Thanks really enjoyed for it. Me on here, yeah, that's great. No problem. And what's uh, uh, plug yourself a little bit? Yeah, so follow me on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, it's Paul Wheatthins. Next podcast, I'll talk about where Wheatthins came from with my Instagram <laughs> handle. Uh, but my website is www.paulwashere.com. That's it. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, Christian. <laughs>